On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, we get controversial, divisive, and downright shocking as I list my top five greatest Canucks of all time. It is Locked On Canucks, and it starts now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Cooney. You can find me at Twitter at underscore process our show's twitter at locked on canucks please also like and subscribe to our youtube channel guys this episode right here hopefully will create a lot of discussion hopefully will create a lot of debate hopefully will create a lot of people either agreeing with me or disagreeing with me because that is what we are here to do when we talk sports we're here to create discussion and talking points, especially in a time right now when Canuckland, there's not much going on where we can talk and debate about certain aspects. So, backstory. I'm sitting at a nail salon. Now, don't brush me wrong. I was getting a pedicure. Now, it's completely fine for males to get pedicures. Uh, I went with my mother and sister, uh, you know, family bonding. Because uh, I am going to the Okanagan this weekend. I want to make sure my feet were, you know, well manicured for... You know, Kelowna. So, sitting there, and on Twitter I see somebody just somebody out there say, hey, who are your top five Canucks of all time? And the person had Burray, number one, the Sedins, and I forget the other rest of this. But I was like, you know what? I disagree with that list. Um, I My list is much more... I thought my list was facts. And, you know, if anybody who knows me knows that I'm very, when I say something, I mean it. And when I have an opinion, I mean it and I bleed it. So the fellow, the person out there, you know, just put out a, you know, a, who are the best, the Canucks best five players in his, the five best five players in history. And I went through it. People were like Burray, Bertuzzi, Hughes, Lyndon Ronning. Somebody was like Sadine, Sadine, Burray, Naslin, Lyndon, Gradine. Um, you know, other people had Burray. And then I was like, People had Quinn Hughes in there already. I'm like, you know what? It's too much for me. It's too much. Too much. I have to voice my opinion because I am the host of Locked on Canucks and I like to have my opinion be heard. So sitting there, getting my pedicure and everything, and I go, okay, who are the top five Canucks of all time? Of course, Henrik and Daniel Sedin, 1-1-A. I put Henrik at number one. I put Daniel Sedin at number two. I put Roberto Luongo at number three, Pavel Bure at number four, and Marcus Naslin at number five. Now, a lot of you might be freaking out. Oh my God, you don't have Trevor Linder on your list? Oh my God, why is Trevor Linder? Well, that's what this episode here is for. I'm going to go through each one of these players individually and explain to you why I have them where they are on this top five list. And hopefully by the end of the list, you either agree with me or you think I'm an absolute idiot and disagree with me, which I want to hear because I love to hear varying opinions about the Canucks. So 
without further ado, let's just jump right in. So let's start off with number five. Marcus Nasdaq, number 19, which hangs in the Raptors at Rogers Arena. The captain of the Canucks for an entire generation of Canucks fans was their guy. And I am part of that generation where he is my guy. He is my captain. He was my first hockey hero. So if you think I'm biased, well, I am. But I always have a saying, men lie, women lie, but numbers never lie. And when you're comparing Marcus Naslin to Trevor Linden, because that was a debate, Marcus Naslin to Trevor Linden, the numbers all go towards Marcus Naslin. More goals, more assists, more points. The captain, Washington. Now, everybody says, oh, well, Trevor Linden took uh, you know, was a part of a team that went to 90, the Cup run in 94. I get that. I understand that completely. But what Marcus Naslin did in a dead puck era, in an era where clutching and grabbing were so predominantly, so predominant. You know, Linden was a part of that 94, which was just before the dead puck era kind of began. Where I consider the dead puck era beginning when New Jersey won their first Cup in 95 to bookend again when, New, uh, I guess, when Tampa won their cup in 04, and then you had the post-lockout where the clutching grabbing was gone. So New Jersey won three Stanley Cups in that, you know, that, you know nine to ten years span. Marcus Nasland was a 100-point guy during that period of time. He won league MVP as voted on by the players. The numbers speak for themselves. You know, he was the leader of that team. People, you know, like to glorify Trevor Linden as Mr. Canuck. And he was, he was a great Canuck, right? But Marcus Naslin, if we're talking just on ice, and that's what I'm doing right now, just on ice, pure on ice ability and on ice impact, Marcus Naslin has a far, far greater on ice impact than Trevor Linden had, in my personal opinion. The wrist shot, the passing ability, the ability to change a game and be a game breaker. Trevor Linden scored 30 goals. Now, this was a I want people to understand this. I think Trevor Linden is when you think of the Canucks, he's one of the few names you think of right away. Many people put him before Marcus Naslund, but to me, Marcus Naslund quite simply helped a team that was in the doldrums of the bottom of the NHL, probably the darkest period um, in Canucks history was when Marcus Naslin arrived during the Mike Keenan era, following the era that that Mike Keenan era saw Trevor Linden get traded away, that saw him get stripped of his captaincy, right? Marcus Naslin was the founding piece, the integral piece of that era that ushered out of that Keenan era into the Crawford and West Coast Express era, which put the Canucks back on the hockey map, right? Without Marcus Naslin, which was one of the most lopsided trades in NHL history, without Marcus Naslin and Brian Burke and Mark Crawford and Todd Bertuzzi and Brendan Morrison, right? Who knows what would have how that could have changed the course of franchise history, right? Henrik and Daniel Sedin came in right when Marcus Naslin became the captain. And they attest a lot of what they... The success they had to him, seeing him prepare, seeing him be a leader. Now, Marcus Nazem might not have been the emotional leader like Trevor Linden was, but he led by example. He was a guy who 
didn't have to say much, but was a hard was one of the hardest workers on the team. Always was spoke to the media after games. Was held accountable, right? And people always say, well, the playoff success wasn't there. Well, hockey is the ultimate team game, right? You have to get lucky and you have to get bounces go your way. In 94, you know, the Canucks had stuff go their way. Yes, they were a good team that was not in the doors of the year before that were in the same predicament as the Nazan Canucks. Teams that put up 100 points but failed in the playoffs. They got they they hit lightning in a bottle in 94. And yes, that's a deterrent to Marcus Naslin and that West Coast Express team that should have gone farther in the playoffs that didn't. They did choke the 3-1 lead to Minnesota. And then, of course, they had the Todd Bertuzzi incident in 04, which kind of essentially looking back on that era of Canucks hockey, just kind of popped the balloon and kind of killed it. Um, but when I look at all the numbers, you know, Marcus Nelson, when you retire with the Canucks, leading goal scorer, leading point man, um, he was um, the most prolific Canuck at that point in time when he retired. Next to Pavel Bure and stuff like that, Pavel Bure had more stats and more accolades, and we'll get to him. Um, but Marcus Naslin, the reason why I put him above Trevor Linden is because of the impact he had on the game, being one of the best players in the league at his peak, um, and helping the Canucks regain back into relevancy and contention status. So to me, Marcus Naslin is number five on the all-time Canucks list of all time. Um, Trevor Linden is sixth. Um, it's close. And again, I'm not talking, we're talking about the totality of being a Canuck um, and impact on and off the ice. It's a different story. But I'm talking about strictly on ice performance. The fifth best player to ever lace up the skates for the Vancouver Canucks was Marcus Nazlin. Now, coming up after this break, I'm going to be going to two players who spent time in both Sunrise, Florida and Vancouver. So stick around for that. I'm Pretty sure you guys know who that will be. But first, I want to talk to you guys with the fine folks at betonline.net, which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports events and number one source for online betting. Excuse me. Sorry. Your favorite sports and events and your number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA. NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the number one top online resource for all your sporting wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, we are back. Locked on Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm going through my top five Canucks of all time. Now, as I mentioned, this is the five best players strictly on ice. Not the totality of on ice, off ice, impact. Just the five best players who played for the Vancouver Canucks. So we had number five, Marcus Naslin. Number four is the Russian Rocket, Pavel Bure. Of course, Back-to-back 60-goal seasons, 50-goal seasons. The most exciting player in the NHL. The first superstar to ever play for the Vancouver Canucks. Quite frankly, the most talented player to ever play for the Vancouver Canucks. Pavel Bure came over from Russia 
you know, on a loophole in the draft, arrived. We all know the stunning debut against the Winnipeg Jets. And immediately, when won the Calder Trophy, was a catalyst for the 94 Cup run. Um, injuries, then you know, a trade request, kind of damages impact in Vancouver, was brought back when he was finally inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame um, and kind of repaired his image in Vancouver. But when we look at Pavel Bure, he was the very first superstar the Canucks had ever had. And quite frankly, other than Marcus Nazan during the small part of his you know his peak and Henrik and Daniel Sedin and maybe Roberto Luongo there haven't been those type of superstars in Vancouver but he was electric he was different he had the speed the shot the skill the grit and he looked like a rock star he was a rock star in Vancouver you know bag loads of fan mail herds of people following him everywhere he was the man and he had the city in the palm of his hand Pavel Bure left people in awe. Pavel Bure was the reason a lot of people got into hockey. Um, I wasn't alive during Bure's prime in Vancouver. I'm born in 96, so 1996, excuse me. So I'm, you know, caught the tail end of Bure's time, but I don't obviously don't remember when he was dealt. And then during his prime in the early 90s, I wasn't alive. But from everybody that tells me, you know, Pavel Bure was the reason they got into the Vancouver Canucks. He was the reason they got into hockey because he made it look so graceful, so effortlessly, so beautiful. And he played at such a speed that I'd never seen before that just seemed unimaginable. Somebody could skate that fast and do that with a stick and puck is unimaginable. And when I think of Pavel Bure, I think of a guy who is a Hockey Hall of Famer. And quite frankly, the next people on this list, as you can probably guess, are Hockey Hall of Famers. So he's in that certain class of a hockey player. He's a part of that that group, that elite group that they all say, you know, the greatest accomplishment or the greatest, not accomplishment, but the greatest feat individually for a player is to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And he's a part of that group. Um, and he had his best time with the Vancouver Canucks. Yes, you know, he had some great years in Florida, won the Rocket Richard a couple times out there, but he was best known for his time in Vancouver where, you know, he was at the peak of his powers. And he just brought a sense of legitimacy again to the Vancouver Canucks, a team that was on the rise, that was building itself up to become a contender and eventually reached that level. And Pavel Bure was the man. Um, so I think when you think about the most the Vancouver Canucks, Pavel Bure is the most skilled player to ever play for the Vancouver Canucks. I think by far, um, unless I think you know, the players now are extremely skilled, extremely talented, but Nobody could skate that fast and do the things he did with the puck at that speed on the Canucks roster right now or ever before. So Pavel Bure, to me, was the first rock star, the first superstar, and just the, the guy that made it look so easy. And to, for that reason alone, uh, he's number four on my list. Number three is just another first bout hockey offer that, again, you know, spent time in Florida. Of course, the Canucks acquired him from Florida, Dave Nonis uh, pulled up that blockbuster deal acquiring number one, Roberto Luongo, who's number one, will be in the Raptors this year. I hope so. Um, Roberto Luongo, again, was the first legitimate stud, number one with a bullet goalie in Vancouver Canucks history. Yes, Kirk McLean had some good years, but 
when you, th- again, Roberto Luongo, when he came here, had a pedigree of being an elite goalie. Vancouver was known as a goalie graveyard for years before. Um, you know, they had the Alex Alves, the Dan Kluches, the Peter Scudras, um, the Felix Povins, the Arthurs Irvings, whoever, name them all. The Canucks were a goalie graveyard for years before Roberto Luongo got to Vancouver and gave the legitimacy to the Canucks. He's the greatest goalie in Canucks history. All the records say it. All the records spew it. You know he is the greatest goalie in Canucks history. You know, he's one of the greatest goalies in Canadian history. You know, winning a gold medal in Canada, in Vancouver, his home city at the time. Um, Roberto Luongo, not only the most talented goalie in Canucks history, the best goalie in Canucks history, but he also is one of the most important pieces in Canucks history. Because if that trade does not happen and they don't get date, uh, they don't get Roberto Luongo back in 2006, the summer before the 06-07 season, the Canucks never go to 2011. That never happens because they needed that guy, that that guy back there where they could say, hey, we can play more of an up-tempo game because we know we have a goalie back there who will save our bacon on nights. And you saw that in year one, right after the shoot. Roberto Luongo should have won the Hart Trophy and the Vesna Trophy that year. He was the best goalie on the planet. He was the most important player on the planet for his team that year. Go back. Look at the stats. Watch the tape. Roberto Luongo was the only reason the Vancouver Canucks were a playoff team in 07. Then, you know, they made it back to, to the stop up in 08. But then when Mike Gillis came in and started rebuilding that team, you saw just how important Roberto Luongo was. That's why they gave him that big deal that ended up being my contract stucks. And I know he left like Burry on, on unceremonious terms, but at the end of the day, those Lou chants would go through Rogers Arena spoke volumes to just to who he was as a player and people just loved Roberto Luongo. I was a huge I have a Roberto Luongo jersey in this closet right here that I still cherish to this day because Roberto Luongo again, like Pavel Burry Marcus has brought legitimacy to the Vancouver Canucks. He was a number one A goalie with a bullet, one of the best goalies on the planet, and he was in Vancouver, shore up that that position and allowed the Canucks to he was one of the one of the founding foundational pieces to allow the Canucks to go to the Stanley Cup finals in 2011 and finish one win away from a Stanley Cup. So that's the four. So, sorry, the the three. Excuse me, three so far. We're going to go to the final two, which is very obvious. But um, Marcus Naslin, Pavel Bure, Roberto Luongo, all three integral parts of this franchise history. All three brought legitimacy back to a franchise. And all three are one of the greatest Canucks of all time, and all three will have their numbers in Rogers Arena's Raptors. But coming up, last break, we're going to close off the last two. You know who. Uh, 22-33, and I'll just hammer again why they are the greatest players uh, in Canucks history. So stick around. And welcome back to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. So, again, top five Canucks of all time. Episode number five, number 19, and number one in my heart, my childhood hockey hero, Marcus Nasland. Then, the Russian Rocket, number 10, Hockey Hall of Famer, Pavel Bure. Then we have Hockey Hall of Famer, first ballot 
Hockey Hall of Fame. Put some respect on his name. Number one, Bobby Lou, Roberto Luongo. And then, number two, we have Daniel Sedin. And you might be like, oh, why do you have Daniel behind Henrik? Well, the simple fact, because when Henrik Sedin won the Hart Trophy in, 20, in 2010, it's because his brother Daniel Sedin missed a bunch of games and he stepped up and started scoring goals and helped carry the Canucks to the playoffs that year. That, to me, um, was a de- defining factor. Um, they were so, yes, Henrik Sedin had more points and stuff like that. And all, but again, that didn't really matter to me. What mattered to me was in 2010, Henrik Sedin stepped up when he had to, won the Hart Trophy when his brother Daniel Sedin was out with injury, and became just that alpha in the Canucks locker room. Now, when I look at the Sedins, you'll never see this ever again. You will never see two twin brothers come in the league at the same time, play for the same team, retire together, go into the Hall of Fame together, first ballot. Both win MVPs. Henrik, the Hart Trophy. Daniel Sedin, the Lester Pearson Trophy. Um, or the MVP was voted on by the players. Um, I, what more can you say? Twin, the, the twin telepathy, the ability to dominate the game. There was a point in time in that three-year three span, three, four-year span, where those two were the most dominant players um, in the league, those two together were better than any player combo out there. And you'll never see it ever again. That's why they won back-to-back presence trophies. That's why they won back-to-back scoring titles. That's why the Canucks were such a vaunted team. That's why people say the Canucks were the greatest, the 27 Canucks were the greatest teams to never win the Stanley Cup because they had two MVPs on their team, three first ballot Hall of Famers, two are scoring champions. And you... Those guys, again, solidified the fact that Mike Gillis was right in keeping them, solidified the fact that you can win this way. People said you couldn't win with these guys. They said they were too weak, too, too small, too slender, and they weren't the guys to build around. Well, they told you that, and they proved to you that, hey, you can win with us. We're not going to drop the mitts. We're not going to be raw, raw guys. We're going to do it our way. We're going to play our game. We're going to play along the board cycle, wear you down, puck possession, and kill you on the power play. And that's exactly what they did. Henrik and Daniel Sedin did it their way. The hardest workers, great leaders, great people, great ambassadors for the game of hockey. I'm not even talking what they did off, off the ice, which makes it even better. But the fact that Henrik and Daniel Sedin were that dominant, that showed hard work and work ethic, and again, legitimized the fact that they could win their way. Simple. One and two. That's it. It's easy. So that's my top five. Number five, Marcus Naslin. Number four, Pavel Burry. Number three, Roberto Luongo. Number two, Daniel Sedin. Number one, Henrik Sedin. Those are my five greatest Canucks of all time, strictly on ice performance-wise. I'm not talking about totality, on ice, off ice, impact on the franchise, all that. I'm talking about guys who just laced up the skates and were the best players to ever play for the Vancouver Canucks. Those are my five. So I want to hear from you in the comment section below, on Twitter, on whatever. Tell me, are you right? What, tell, me, excuse me, tell me why you are right. Tell me why I'm wrong. Or if you agree with me, just tell me, hey, I agree with you. Your list is valid. Um, and that is that. Um, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day tomorrow. 
another fun episode. I'm going to be going through some unsung heroes and forgotten Canucks that we kind of forget about, but we will never forget the impact they have on the organization. So that will be tomorrow's episode. So I cannot wait to you guys to hear that. Um, after this, I want you guys to take a listen to Locked On NHL. It gives your our Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Take care, guys. Stay safe. I will talk to you tomorrow.